So it's the middle of the bye week, but USC's football practice still goes on. And what if I told you that in Lincoln Riley's first three seasons at Oklahoma, he lost in the month of October, but those teams still went on to the college football playoffs. That is what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. I want to thank you so much for coming along for the and joining the show. If you're watching YouTube and you haven't already, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. It really means a lot, and I would appreciate it. And I appreciate you if you do it. And you can always, again, wherever you like to download and listen to your podcast, we are there. Okay, so... I mentioned that uh, Lincoln Riley's first three seasons at Oklahoma, he made the playoffs, even with a loss in October. Is that goal still a possibility for USC? It wasn't even a consideration for most people heading into this season, right? Well, following Tuesday's practice, um, this would be the, they have, I would be their second practice of the week. They, they practiced on Monday where the media isn't, available to be there uh they had they went full pads on tuesday that's what they do every week and so they're maintaining that same routine uh that they've had throughout the season and why not you know it's been an overwhelming success you know obviously uh they went six and they went six and oh the first half and they opened up the second half with a uh with a loss at on the road at utah uh, against the team that everyone anticipated would would be challenging for the Pac-12 championship. So everyone kind of thought that this would be a place where you, where the Trojan would suffer a loss. Um, after six and zero, though, you know the the calculus kind of changed. The bar was raised. The team goals, I think, changed. Um, and, and that's what Lincoln Riley was talking about after practice. Uh, everything is still right there for the taking because um, there's still a lot of football left. And so following Tuesday's practice, um, he talked about the team goals as well as setting up individual goals for each of the players. Uh, Every player uh, met with, as a group, met with their position coach, and then they were also given individual goals as players. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, the team goals mostly today on this episode, Um, you know, and specifically, you know, the team and the defensive side of the ball. And then uh, we'll focus on the offense later this week. Because, uh, again, Locked on USC, uh, we come to you five days a week, but we only got 30 minutes and can't fit everything in. And I've got some recruiting information we're going to get to here on this episode as well. So stay tuned. But I uh, digress. So back back on the uh, the target here. Uh, what goal, which, which team goals were met and, and kind of, you know, which ones are they still striving for? And, uh, you know, I mentioned they're going to have uh, individual goals from their position coaches. Team goal number one, obviously, is, you know, continue to go 1-0 and every week. 
Uh, and that includes, you know, this week leading into, uh, you know, into a weekend where they don't have a game to play. Uh, you still have to maintain that same energy uh, like you do. For instance, Justin Dieter uh, said that um, after practice that the team's mindset, you know, he kind of put it out there on front street. This is who they are. You know, after the game, he said, after the game, I felt like we could have gone another four quarters. We were just talking on Saturday night. We we're excited to go back to practice. Like, let's just get out there already. We're ready to go. And I've never had that in my experience here. So for Justin Dietrich to come out and say that, again, he is he is like one of the heartbeats of this team. People are always going to look at Caleb Williams and Eric Gentry and, you know, Shane Lee. Do not, and I emphasize, do not ever forget about Justin Dietrich. Um, this is the guy who, when he talks, he doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, you listen. Um, he is just that guy. Um, also, you know, so he he also shared um, how the how the team performed after Tuesday's practice, where he said um, it was brutal. Guys were getting chirpy out there. It was an electric practice for sure. There was no half speed, no half ass. Uh, there was none of that. Guys were flying around. It was really a solid day. So um, that's that, that's great to hear. You know they. They might have been a little slow going to practice on Tuesday. Um, understandable. Again, it's a bye week. Uh, not a lot to look, look. Not a lot to look forward to as far as a game this weekend. So once things got going, you know, you got the pads on, people are hitting. Uh, obviously, the juices start flowing, and I think that's what Justin was uh, reflecting, referring to. Um, so again, you keep those pull pads on. You keep the energy going. Physicality. Uh, that's going to stay ramped up. Uh, Riley did say, you know, even though it's a bye week and you want to keep the physicality and maintaining that same routine, they're going to be smart about it. Um, you don't want guys, you know, getting injured this week. Um, you know, you already lost a couple players in the past game, and he, he did say that Jordan Addison and Eric Gentry are considered day-to-day -day and will be reevaluated. Uh, but he also did say that he doesn't think that it's anything long-term uh, for either one of them. We'll grind them back to recovery and probably, uh, and we're probably fortunate that we're not playing this week. So as we, as everyone has probably figured out by now with, with Lincoln Riley, he keeps his cards close to his vest. He doesn't like to talk about injuries. So I'm going to translate what he really meant. Uh, if there was a game this week, those guys weren't playing. So, again, it's a good thing that they have a bye week. Uh, but one of the benefits uh, is, you know, and you hate to say it like this, but it is what it is, um, next man up mentality. And so that's why a lot of the twos and threes are, you know, getting a ton of reps this week who haven't seen a lot of game action. This is the week where you want to prove to the coaching staff, hey, put me in the rotation, coach. I think team goal number two has been met, um, the change of culture. It's evident. It's undeniable. You saw it near the end of the game in the fourth quarter with Eric Gentry, you know, coming back on the field during that timeout. 
Um, that's just, you know, Lincoln Riley said, that's just this team. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, he's one of about 50 guys that would have done that. The guys just care about winning. They care about each other. So that's all you need to know. Um, you saw it in a picture with Eric Gentry hopping on the field. We try and I try and talk about it. Lincoln Riley tries to talk about it. Uh, by now, if you don't believe it, get off the bandwagon because that's who this team is. It, it, that's look. You, you saw it. Um, with back on the field, you saw it in Caleb Williams um, after the game. He was just emotionally drained. Where, yeah, you know, he was crying. He wanted that game. The entire team did. <clears throat> so I guess you know now it's all about you know, the next step is how does the team respond to that adversity, to that first loss? Um, that's going to be their first real test. Um, and they're, they're going to have to keep that bottled up for a week because, again, by week they don't have anybody to play. So when they finally do get to Arizona, which, by the way, that game time has been scheduled, 4 o'clock Saturday in Tucson, and uh, it will be on the Pac-12 network. Um, so uh, I anticipate this team coming out with their hair on fire uh, when they do get to Tucson. Uh, let's talk about the defensive team goal uh, that they need to maintain. We've talked about the overall team goal. Uh, defensively, just keep doing what you've been doing. Uh, and that's basically with regards to creating turnovers. And most importantly, do not allow uh, that Utah game to kind of derail the confidence uh, to stop teams like you have been with, you know, without getting a little bit of extra help from uh, from that 12th man. Sorry, had an itch, had to get rid of it. Um, defensive goal number two, uh, on the whole, keep the pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and the Russians just get more consistent. You know, the, the tackling and, and the pass rush kind of abandoned that the Utah game. Credit to Utah, um, but, you know, Coach Riley said after practice that the number one thing we didn't do well in that game was tackle. Uh, the unfortunate thing that's been a strength of our defense in the first six games, uh, there has not been a lot of yards after contact. And he was really re referring to, you know, how Dalton Kincaid, the Utah deep tight end, just <laughs> roughshod all over USC. The thing that you can't do is you can't give them a five-yard completion that turns into 18 yards, right? The most disappointing thing was the tackling because we were in a position to shut down a lot of those plays for those plays to be minimal yardage. And then instead of getting third and one, all of a sudden it's third and six. Instead of third and four, all of a sudden it's third and nine. So tackle at the point of contact. Don't let the guys, you know, run after that point. And that's what disappeared at Utah. So, you know what, you're going to give, uh, Dalton Kincaid, some credit, but uh, Lincoln Riley has seen what his team can do through the first six games, and he was he was disappointed in what he saw in that game. I think everybody would agree. Um, you're not going to use it as an excuse, but Shane Lee had some tackles broken. He was playing with one hand. <laughs> Stuff happens. 
the pass rush, you know, they took a bagel. They ate a bagel. Um, they went into the game leading the country 29 sacks. They left with 29 sacks. Um, and Lincoln Riley said, you know, they weren't good enough. We didn't get into the backfield enough. And, and some of the nature of that is all in the play action uh, through the game, max protect. You're not always going to get somebody there every single time, but you've got to affect the pass rusher. you got to affect the passer more. They weren't able to do that. So, again, save for those two uh, BS roughing the passer penalties. Um, the first, you know, the first one, there was an interception by Kalen Bullock. The second one uh, forced it in completion, and it would have been a long third down. So you're thinking that's two times that USC's defense was getting off the field. They weren't able to. And, you know, so are we even having this discussion about a loss if those two plays don't um, unfold the way they do? Um, Lincoln, and maybe you can sense uh, Lincoln Riley's sarcasm here because he was he was asked about it Monday night on the on his on the Trojan radio show, Trojans Live about uh, roughing the passer, and he said, "I think the college one is pretty easy to officiate." Uh, he listed the rules: don't hit low, high, late, or with the crown of the helmet. He listed off those four things. I don't think there's any excuse to miss it in the college game. What he was saying is none of that happened. Those four things that he listed, that didn't happen in the game against Utah, yet they were called for roughing the passer twice. Crucial. It affected the the way the game was played. Can't deny that. You're not look, we're not saying that USC lost because of the officiating. Well, we're saying it was a big part of it. And they're not going to use it as an excuse, but you have to point these things out. And defensive goal. Uh, number three, just clean up the run defense. Um, this seems to be more of assignment oriented because up until you know this last game, uh, second half adjustments they've been fun to watch. And basically, this this is going to come down to the linebacker linebacker production. It just has to get better. Um, they play great in spurts, but overall, there it just needs to get better. Um, if that run defense is going to get better. And look, there's a lot more we're going to talk about. Um, and we'll get to, again, I mentioned, we'll get to the offensive side of the ball later this week. So don't sweat it. In fact, uh, let, let's talk about sweating things. Uh, I sweat. In fact, I sweat a lot. And when it's humid, I'm like a, it's like a water faucet. Like I just stepped into the shower and stepped out. I am dripping when it's humid. So if you know anybody who sweats a lot, you might want to tell them about sweat block. Um, you can tell them that there's this guy named Chris who he suffered with excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started tucking maxi pads <laughs> under his shirt to soak up the sweat. Until he found Sweat Block, and Sweat Block changed the game for him. So Chris was able to fix his problem with Sweat Block. Uh, sweat Block was created by a doctor to help with excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. So if you know someone who you love, uh, who is experiencing embarrassing sweat or, or odor, 
That's another thing. Try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Sweatblock. Check it out. All right. Um, one other thing we want to talk about here. What Lincoln spoke about after practice was individual goals. And I'm not going to spend a whole long time on individual goals um, because that's the type of stuff that, um, well, I'll get to that here momentarily. Look, there's no I in team. uh, And I've always, everybody hates hearing that because you know, say, well, there's an M and an E, and that's true. Uh, And you need to have individual goals um, that help benefit the team aspirations. So when the, when, when the team broke down with their position coaches, each player met with uh, his position coach as well to get some individual stuff broken down for them. It's just, it's that symbiotic relationship. You need to have individual goals working in concert uh, with the team goals. It, think of it this way. Um, it's that Mamba mentality, Kobe Bryant. Uh, everybody should focus on things to make themselves better because in the end, the big picture, the team is going to be better. So Lincoln Riley said that uh, one thing we're big on are goals for every player on the team individually, not just a generic improve, it's specific details for every player, uh, things that we want them to get accomplished. We meet with every player, we go through it, we set the goal, we set the plan for the week, and then we expect it to get done. We need to be much, we need to be a much better football team and a lot better individual players when we get back to practice. So I'm going to throw these rhetorical questions out there, and I want you, the listener, to give me the feedback, uh, what you think these, you know, these specific players um, where where you think they need to be uh, individually coached up. So um, what do you think Corey Foreman's fortune cookie said when he sat down with uh, Roy Manning? Or, you know, how about Kalen Bullock when he sat down with uh, his position coach, Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator, but Grinch works with the safeties. How about Shane Lee when he sat down with uh, Brian Odom, linebacker? What do you think Tuli Tuiapolotu needs to work on individually? Um, you know, I can offer some, you know, my opinion. Kalen needs to be a little bit more consistent with his tackling. I, th- I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, he is a tremendous ball hawk. By the way, I think he leads the country with return yards and interceptions. Now, 92 of that came on a, uh, on a pick six at the beginning of the year, but that's just a little stat to throw out there. Um, Shane Lee, he needs to get healthy. I, I think his biggest weakness is pass coverage. He's not the most fleet of foot guy, not the fastest guy out there. Uh, but when healthy, he's a tackling machine and great in run support. So get healthy. Uh, improve pass coverage. That might be a little bit more of a read and react type of thing. Um, as far as what I'm offering to Thule, just stay mad. Just get after it. You had a, you know, statistically you had a poor game against uh, Utah. Whatever the case might be, you know, make Arizona pay for it. 
and you're, you know, again, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of public stuff uh, for the individuals because you know that's where the constructive criticism comes in, and that's where it gets real, real when the when the coaches and the players have their one on one. So, again, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the individual stuff. Um, Lincoln Riley did talk about a couple of players and their individuals, and that was on the offensive side of the ball. So I will touch on that when we uh, we go over the individual uh, individual goals on the offensive side of the ball and team goals later this week. So you're going to stay linked in with uh, Locked On USC five days a week if you want to get that information, because you also want to get over to. Uh, LinkedIn, if you're going to be hiring anybody, because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So when you get over there, you're going to Add your job and then the purple hashtag hiring frame to your uh, LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize. <clears throat> and it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus deleting competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply okay i told you i had some recruiting information update for you here we go yeah i want you to stick around i want you to stay for the whole show i got stuff for you in the front middle and end all right so class of 2024, linebacker, Dylan Williams, Long Beach Poly. One of the first guys to commit to the class of 2024, he decommitted. Kind of came from a little bit of a surprise, but is it really, you know, in today's day and age of recruiting? It shouldn't be. Um, look, this young man is getting a lot of attention <clears throat> And it would probably be best if he took some visits and looked around and, you know, had a chance to lay out all his new NIL deals that are probably being thrown at him. Evaluate him, make sure you're getting the best one. Look, it wasn't, this is what you're dealing with today in, in recruiting. I'm not, I'm not throwing daggers at the young man. I think it's wise that if he's not sure, to uh, explore all of his options. And again, he's only a junior. He probably shouldn't be committed right now. Um, and, and this is how you, you kind of have to look at recruiting nowadays. Um, there's a lot of exposure. Again, NIL, name, image, likeness, is playing a role. Um, when USC is uh, good, and they look like they're being good again, um, and they make offers to players. Other teams are going to come and want to steal those players. They don't want them going to USC. <clears throat> I guess what's a little disappointing, if you want to use that front term, it wasn't too long ago <clears throat> Excuse me, that uh, Dylan was telling Sam Green, the defensive tackle from back east, 
uh, to get on board and join USC's train, uh, the recruiting class. And he did. And then all of a sudden, what, a week and a half, two weeks later, Dylan Williams was like, I'm going to explore my options. So that's how recruiting works now. Everybody's going to have to get used to it. Um, and I guess this begs the question, you know, when you take a commitment uh, from a recruit, you know, considering all the outside noise, I was talking about the NIL stuff, um, you know, do you want to take a commitment from a junior, from a sophomore? It's 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 a hard thing to, to, to gauge. You know, Dylan Williams said USC is his dream school. Well, how many times have we heard that? If it's your dream school, you're going to stay committed, right? I never fault a young man for um, taking visits. You should take all five of them. You know, that's what they're there for. Just, you know, don't commit until you're ready. And I'm not speaking to Dylan specifically. That's just in general. And it's also one of the reasons personally why um, I will get acquainted with the recruits learn their name when they're sophomores, say hello, juniors, uh, maybe talk to them a little bit. But for the most part, I want nothing to do with them until they, they're playing their senior year in high school. I remember, look, I'm old now, but I, I, can, I still remember what it was like to be 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, got a lot going on in your life. And you're, you change your mind a lot. It's just the way it is. Um, there's other recruiting news, a little bit more positive. Uh, USC is pushing really hard for uh, Roderick Pleasant, the speedster cornerback at uh, Gardena Serra. By the way, just to let you know how fast this young man is, he finished second in the state 100 uh, when he and Damani Jackson raced against each other. Damani Jackson, freshman at USC. Imagine those two in the same defensive backfield at USC. Yikes. I mean, talk about some speed, right? Um, Damani is a football player who is very fast. Roderick Pleasant is also a football player who runs track. Uh, he has, he is an Olympic sprinter. I mean, he's got that type of uh, ability. And USC's track coach, Quincy, Quincy Watts is after him as well. So um, I, I think the feeling is that Roderick will eventually choose USC uh, because they're coming after him hard. But they, there's some competition for him out there. Uh, Cal, Berkeley, most notably, they were the first team to offer. They saw his ability, his skill set, and never, never, uh, never forget the first team to make an offer. That means a lot to a player, regardless of uh, how sought after you are. Being that first means a lot. So never count out Cal. And Justin Wilcox is a defensive-minded coach, so you never know. Um, but again, I, I think that's a positive thing with uh, USC coming after hard. They're making Roderick a priority, so that's always a good thing. Uh, Caleb Lemieux, the offensive tackle prospect from out of the state of Arizona, Nothing new here, uh, however, I'm going to say maybe sooner rather than later. Wink, wink. I haven't heard anything from the Caleb Lamu camp. Just kind of stuff floating around out there. Mateo Ungalele. Um, 
this is me. I kind of just get the sense that he wants to play out of state, kind of like his older brother, DJ, who's at Clemson quarterback. He sees how successful he's being. He's playing this season. Nothing more than that. This has nothing to do with USC. They're, it's not like USC is not making him a priority because they are. It's just a gut feeling. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But again, that's just something the way it's kind of playing out for me. Now, there is a lot of recruiting stuff going on over there on WeRSC. I mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again. You want to get some of the golden nugget stuff that Scott Schrader, our recruiting guru over there, is passing out? We've got a subscription special. Ten bucks for the entire year. So you pay ten bucks now. You get it through 2023. Go check it out. Great, great deal. But as always, you're going to be here at Locked on USC first because we are free. And uh, why not, right? You'll fill in. You want some good written content. That's where you go afterwards. All right. I'll be back again uh, for another episode tomorrow. And it might even be a crossover crosstalk uh, with Utah. I'm going to give them a chance to rub my nose in it after they were able to pull out that win. So we'll see what happens. We've got it on the schedule. And again, I did say we will uh, talk about the USC offensive team goals and individual goals later this week. So hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back again. Until then, you know what to do.